Welcome everyone to our first ever So Weird podcast, episode one. I am Kathy. I'm Zach. I'm Emily. So, in our first episode, we'll mainly be talking about how we got into the show, and then we'll review the pilot called Family Reunion. How I got into the show, I was really little, and I have older siblings, so they watched anything on Disney while I watched like cartoons. So they would watch So Weird and I would be, I was a little scared of it. Um, I actually started getting more into it in season three because they showed it after school and I would just come home and watch it and it wasn't that scary so I was okay with it. And then later on I would just, I think on YouTube they had it they don't have it anymore, but they had the episodes, and I saw it again, and I realized how good season one and two was, and then started a live stream, and I started a blog, and found other people that liked it. Okay. Well, I saw the show when it first ran on Disney, which I guess was 99, which meant I would have been 11 years old when it was on, and I actually, my family had just gotten the Disney Channel not too long before then. And that was the Zoog Disney era, and I watched a lot of the other shows that were on at the time, Jeff Corrin and uh, Jet Jackson, and they were fine. I thought those were okay shows. I, but when I first they first started showing the advertisements for So Weird, that caught my attention because at the time I was kind of into quote unquote the paranormal. I'm a lot more skeptical about that sort of thing now, but back then when you're 11 years old, somebody says, "Hey, there are." ghosts and monsters and UFOs out there, and you go, well, that's cool. Mysterious, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so, and I watched the show when it aired originally, and was definitely a fan at the time. Um, And then it was one of those things where it went off of Disney, and I didn't think about it for years and years. Occasionally, I would remember that and say, oh, that was a good show. But uh, three years ago, I was at a horror convention, in Baltimore, and somebody was selling a bootleg set of So Weird, and I picked it up and said, oh, I remember the show. I remember this being a good show. I wonder if it holds up, and rewatched it and started reviewing it for um, my blog for six weeks every October and September. I review and watch as many horror movies and TV shows as I can, and it really reignited my interest in the show, and that was... So that's... uh, Now it's one of those things where nobody really remembers the show, not a lot of people anyway, so it is sort of neat to go on and find that there is a fandom out there for people who do remember the show and are fans and are trying to uh, at least keep it alive within the fandom anyway, since Disney doesn't seem to have any interest in re-airing it or re-releasing it. Mm, no. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Are, those, are the bootleg quality, is that good? <laughs> no. It looks like it was ripped right off of YouTube. Oh. <laughs> VHS tapes. Was there a lot of interest in that bootleg copy at the convention? Where people I don't really think so. No. Oh. <laughs> but that's really cool. I never cool. think of finding that at a, an actual horror convention. Huh. Um, I got into the show as, just like Zach did when it originally started airing. I don't know if it was 99 or 2000 when my cable company finally picked up Disney Channel, but... Um, 
I started watching and it, you know, I, at first I was a Nickelodeon like purist, but <laughs> the only, yeah, back then I watched, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Hey Arnold, Rugrats, all that stuff. But the only thing that could pull me over to Disney was so weird. Um, and I, I just loved it because it was a little scary, like Are You Afraid of the Dark, but it had something else going for it. Like the family element really brought me into the show and um, the backstory, I guess. Uh, and I kept watching um, through part of season three, but then I, I bowed out. I think there was kind of a hiatus at one point. So they stopped airing episodes anyway for maybe a month or so. And then I just tuned out for the last 10 episodes or so. And then I didn't, I, I kept watching um, the reruns that would air really late at night, at, I think at around 3 in the morning. That's a good but, time for it. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And I do was, remember that. Yeah, and that was the first time I'd stayed up that late was for watching so weird reruns. Um <laughs> But those stopped too. I think it around. I think I read somewhere online that they stopped in around 2003. So then, I think I went, you know, five, six years without seeing the show, or even thinking about it. Like you, Zach. I mean, I thought about it every now and then. Like, oh, that's a good show. But um, finally, I saw. I think it was so weird on TV. They had the episodes up on YouTube, and yeah, that's when I got back into the show. This is totally sidelined here. Um, yeah. Does anybody remember when, um, I think it was on DirecTV, I don't know if anybody had that cable provider, but they would sometimes list an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender as so weird, because yes. the episode the name was Avatar. And that always annoyed me when that would come mm -hmm. up and I would think, oh man, I haven't seen this show in years, and I would click on it was this other show. Yeah, that was even in my cable uh, channel listings, and I don't have DirecTV, but I noticed that a lot. Even like until a few years ago, they were still doing it. Yeah, weird. Well, and something I definitely remember in the years between first seeing the show and when I would rewatch it is the music really stuck with me more than anything else. Because the music is way above the quality of what you would at least nowadays associate with a Disney Channel program, I think, anyway. Like season three music. Oh, um, uh, well, yeah. maybe not season <laughs> three music. but <laughs> I know, but season three music is like what... Disney Channel, that's the type of music that they would play now. Yeah, the bubblegum pop. Yeah, I think season three is actually where Disney Channel started evolving. Well, I can't remember exactly, but I think season three was right around the around the time that things were like even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire were starting on the Disney Channel. So yeah. that might have been redirecting the network's interest. Uh, I was going to say... Yeah, it's kind of weird for me to get... I got more into So Weird during season three, but I think I was in third grade, and they would show it at 3 p.m., and um, it had the supernatural element, which, yeah, I was really into that when I was younger. But I think around that time also is when they started showing Lizzie McGuire, and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch cartoons anymore. I want to watch these shows on Disney. So, they seemed more yeah. grown-up. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Though I... I still watched cartoons at that age, too. I don't know about everybody else. But. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things about rewatching the show now is you look at the computers and the internet, and it doesn't. It was during that weird period in time when Hollywood and film companies were still thought the internet could do anything. 
(laughs) But that's just part of the time period. You can't really hold that against the show. And that was part of Zoo Disney, too. They were really trying to promote um, getting involved with the fans through the internet. So they kind of pushed the internet in their shows, too. Yeah. I remember for a time there was on the Zoo Disney website like a recreation of Fiona's page. I seem to remember that. Yes. Yeah. I think it was just called soweird.com. Yeah, it was. It's a uh, I actually had the the books and it's listed on the back to visit soweird.com. Yeah, how are those books? I've never read them, but I've seen them pop up in like Amazon searches and such. Well, I've only read the first one, which was for family reunion. So I guess I'll I can review it a little at the end if you all want to after we go through um, the episode. Just I mean, give a few basic thoughts about it. Oh, I'm just curious. Is it really different from the episode, or is it a straight adaptation? <laughs> it's it's an adaptation. Yeah, and the dialogue is basically straight from the episode. There are a few like new lines in there, but. Um, I guess there's one major difference, and that's that the, there are some chapters told from a different perspective uh, in this book in particular. But, yeah, I mean, it, it got a little boring after a while reading it because, I mean, I've seen the episode enough, you know, mm. and so I knew exactly what they were going to say next. So, How many of those books were there, like three or four, do you know? Uh, I think there were five. Yeah, there's yeah. five. But um, there's one for family reunion, um, shelter, which is uh, I think the third episode. Oh, there is one for website, but it was the fifth book released, even though it was the second episode. Um, and then Strangeling and right. Escape. So those were all the books made. I don't know why they stopped. If they just weren't selling well, or okay, I have well, the books sure. also. I just um, I read the first page and. I think it said like her name. She was named because of some reason that was different than what the show said, which was her her grandmother. And some uh, things were just it was just different. <laughs> I just I couldn't read on. Yeah, it says, mom says she and dad. I have the book right here with me. <laughs> mom says she and dad named me that because I was such a beautiful baby. Because uh, Fiona is an old Irish. Slash Celtic name that means comely or fair. So, but that's not what uh, John Cooksey said. I don't think in his um, FAQ for the show. Yeah, it was because of her, her grandmother named Fiona. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Okay. Let's review the episode. <laughs> okay. Family reunion, season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. So each episode starts off with. Doing a little monologue. Sometimes it's history, sometimes it's, I don't know, other random things. But this one is history. Uh, she talks about the Chicago Fire. Yeah, the fire of 1871. Have it written down here. Mm-hmm. But then I think she also talks about the Eastland disaster, uh, which is where a boat capsized on a dock that killed 844 people. Now, something I'm curious about is, do you think that was an intentional thing to add an educational element to the show? Was that part of the original plan to give the show an educational element that was dropped later on, or was that just where the story was headed? I think the writers got, maybe they got inspiration from these events. Well, I know that a lot of, 
I know a lot of networks at the time had a mandate for a certain number of hours of educational programming, and I don't know if Disney had that mandate or not, but I, I sort of wondered that. Because if you think of the other shows at the time, I don't think they had any educational input, but maybe. Now, I think it was in, a, was it in Cameron White's This Is TV Reviews where he describes the show as the X-Files meets the Partridge family? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a cool comparison. I never watched the Partridge family, but I I think even hearing about the show and what it was like, yeah, that that's perfect. <laughs> well, this yeah, was. Yeah, I've always heard it being compared to the X Files for kids. Yeah, and though it was around the same time as I think Buffy had started, and there were other shows out there that were sort of interested in quasi supernatural sort of soft horror elements. Mm-hmm. Um, what's also cool about the little intros for the episodes is um, they incorporate a lot of, I think it's real footage, because this episode was black and white footage of, uh, or pictures at least, of um, the, the boat sinking and all that, which I think is always really cool. I think it's real, but I don't know if it is or not. Um, I don't know if it's real or not, but it looks like genuine stock footage, so it's It really probably. does, yeah. Okay, so after the intro, they show us a little uh, Fee's bedroom, and you can see the stuffed aliens and mm-hmm. other cool little weird things here and there. So you know that, yeah, this is a girl who likes the supernatural. There's like two or three scenes devoted to the pilot where um, Molly says to Fiona, they mention in passing something about their dad passing, and it's sort of a way for the audience to know that this is part of the character's background, even though obviously the characters would know these things already. Yeah. Yeah, I really like how they mention um, her dad, Rick, in the first few episodes. They start, they kind of start off mentioning Rick, and at the end, they mention Rick also. Does anybody know when he officially became Rick Phillips, or which episode did that first get mentioned? I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I've seen it. You know, I've shown it a billion times, but well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was... I know definitely in season two. Well, I know there's a newspaper article in uh, the ninth episode, Rebecca, that I'm pretty sure has his name in it. But I don't know if they actually say his name out loud in the episode. Actually, I think one of the characters does, but I'm not sure if he was mentioned before then as Rick. I guess we'll find out when we watch them. Yeah, there'll be like a something we'll be searching for, and whoever finds it first gets the prize. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, there's a line that Molly asks uh, Jack, which is Fee's brother. She mentions, like, how is everyone doing on the tour? Because what's going on is uh, Molly, the mom, is a rock star, and they're touring. I think she's just trying to get herself out there because she doesn't have a, a record label yet. Yeah, this is sort of the comeback tour. Yes. And Mackenzie Phillips is more or less playing herself, sort of. So originally it was Mc- uh, not Mackenzie. It was Molly and her husband Rick, and they were both in a band called the what was it called? Phillips Kane Band. Yes. Phillips Kane Band. That's right. What was a uh, Papa Bear's actual name? I can't think of the. I know that was what Fiona called him, but I can't think uh, of the actual. John Kane. John Kane. Okay. Yes. I'm glad you guys know this stuff. <laughs> So yes, uh, Rick dies, and then Molly comes back, has her own tour as a solo. And she asks Jack if everything's all right, and Jack really loves being on tour. 
she's mainly worried about B because she's at that preteen age. And I notice as soon as Molly mentions Rick, like, you know, I'm worried because after Rick died, blah, 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 Jack becomes very, like, cold, kind of. Sullen. Yes, and he's like, we're fine, we're fine. It's good. Yeah, and something, if Fiona is the um, molder of the relationship, then Jack is definitely the scully. He's the skeptic. He doesn't really buy into any of the supernatural stuff. And it continues to be that way throughout the show, even though he sees some pretty crazy things. Yeah. We get introduced to Ned, which is the head roadie. He's the bus driver. And his wife is Molly's manager, Irene. But in this first episode, they use a different actress than the rest of the episodes. Oh, yeah. You didn't notice? I guess I didn't. Well, she has (laughs) a pretty small role. Yeah, she didn't have a lot of lines in this episode either. Though it's um, Dave Squatch Ward plays Ned throughout the whole series. I feel like Ned was the character most like himself in this episode. Like, he, they really nailed his character even in the first episode. Molly isn't too different, but at this point they're just establishing everybody's personalities, so the characters would grow and evolve throughout the future episodes. Something that I... I don't know if we have this part on video, but I was saying earlier about how in the opening scene, Jack is much meaner to Fiona than he would be throughout the series. And they're obviously still establishing the character. And at the beginning, he's sort of a meaner big brother. He sends her a little video on a computer that makes fun of her interest in the supernatural. Oh, which, yes. She's and, so excited that she got something <laughs> to something submitted to her webpage. Yeah, and Jack's Photoshop skills are out of this world for the time period, I think. I know. He can make, like, GIF animations and everything. Yeah, I don't even know if that technology existed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's calling her, like, all these names, like a geek and all this stuff. And they're making faces at each other, like typical brother, sister stuff. Yeah, he doesn't really say anything nice to her, even, like, in a genuinely joking manner until the the very end of the episode, I feel like. I don't know if this is just, like, like a really bad time for them, you know? Like, they just are blowing up lately and, you know, hashing out at each other or lashing out at each other, but it was very noticeable. (laughs) I was just going to say three teenagers on a bus together are going to get into conflicts regardless, so. True. Oh, yeah, the other teenager is Clue, who's um, Ned and Irene's son. Yeah, has a very small parole in this first episode. So the episode, Molly is at a club in Chicago, and they get there, and someone, or is Ned, that brings up that the Chicago, or the area, was the area where they had the Chicago fire, and um, I think she starts researching on it, or she hears something, like a ghost calling her. Yeah, she hears a little kid crying, which, I don't know, even now, it's really sound like little kid crying to me. Yeah, yeah, she's doing, she's helping Molly with the sound check, and it breaks, or something happens with it. Yeah, there's a weird sound on the mic, on the speakers. Mm-hmm. And then the club owner comes along and conveniently drops some exposition about how the <laughs> club haunted. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the club owner is the same actor we see later in the episode James Gar. Oh, yeah. So, I know that. yeah. I, I kind of like having fun with that, where, you know, and James Gar, he was a teacher, but he was also, you know, an owner of a club. 
Well, we should mention how I like to say that each of the episodes have a mystery of the week, a different phenomenon or something that Fiona is encountering. And mm-hmm. for this first episode, it's about a haunting, about ghost. Ghost, yeah. Which I think is great for a pilot about the supernatural. It's a pretty good place to start. I feel like this is one of the more memorable episodes, just like from the feeling I've been getting online, it seems like people remember this one better than some of the other ones. Well, I definitely remember a promo on the Disney Channel where they showed that shot of the boy's face in the photograph turning to look at Fiona and then the laptop flying across the room. I remember seeing that in the yeah. being heavily promoted at the time. I remember re-watching that for the first time and I actually got pretty scared because I didn't remember that I hit the boy in the, you know, on the laptop was going to move his head. Mm-hmm. That like, scared me. <laughs> yeah, it's mildly spooky. Mm-hmm. And one of the elements I think that's clever about this episode is how the ghost is the presence of the ghost is signaled by moisture. Mm-hmm, yeah, the laptop starts. What it has water. Water starts coming out of the laptop. And there's a later scene where Fiona's in the upper layers of the club and she finds a wet wall, or mm-hmm. there's like a wet handprint on her jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, she's. What is cool is that she does a lot of research about you know, whatever she is trying to find out. So she's researching the club and the fire. And she, in this episode, she uses ghost equipment. Um, I think we see that maybe a f- two other times, but she doesn't use it much. But in this one, she does, which is, I think that's cool. Yeah, the electromagnetic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's in the hallways, and then I think she sees the wall that's wet. And then she says, that's so weird. And we're like, oh, my God. Yeah, title drop. That's the name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, the first book says that's so weird about 25 times in the first two pages. (laughs) So I'm glad they only dropped it once in the episode. (laughs) Yeah, and speaking of scenes that are sort of spooky is that moment when she turns around and the ghost boy is right in front of her there. And I don't know if anybody else has seen the Gamigo del Toro movie The Devil's Backbone. But that moment reminds me a little bit of that movie, and I'm not – I think it was out by this point. I'm not sure. I've never seen that one, but it sounds good. <laughs> so I think she sees the ghost, so she realizes something's there, something's haunting her, and she tells Molly about it, and, um, you know, she's very hyped up about this, and Jack and Clue are just kind of laughing at her. Well, Molly has this approach to Fiona's – interest in the supernatural throughout the whole series where she just stands back a bit. She doesn't deny that her daughter's seen these anomalous things, but she doesn't outright believe in it either. And I don't know if they had planned that already by this point, um, but I know later in the show you find out that she's resident about that interest because that same interest is what got her father killed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they had planned that out yet or if it just worked out that way. Um, yeah, there's a. I think it's an important scene in the first episode where she's at her laptop and Molly comes and Fee asks her, like, "Do you believe me?" And this episode gets brought back in the first episode of season three. Uh, that quote that she asks her, "Do you believe me?" And Molly says, like, she doesn't answer. She doesn't say no, but she doesn't say yes. But she thinks like. It's important to her, and Molly also mentions that she gets a feeling when she's singing on stage that Rick's right, right there with her. I don't know if that time it was foreshadowing, but in later, and there's, there's an episode where that happens. Yeah, encore. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, now, something that uh, sticks out to me in this episode is uh, Cara Delazia's performance as Fiona. I think she has this balance between a lot of enthusiasm for what she's experiencing. She's always very excited to discover a mystery, mm-hmm. and yet it's not too overbearing. They don't overdo it, and the character becomes endearing that way. Yeah, definitely. So she, I think she goes to Jack and Clue, and she tells them about the ghost. Or she eventually finds out that it's a drowning. So she goes to Jack and Clue, and Clue's like suddenly very interested along with her. And he's like, yeah, I'll get the flashlights. Let's go explore the building. And Jack always comes along. So that's the thing that always happens. The trio, it's Jack, Clue, and Steve investigating. Right, and even though Jack doesn't believe in the supernatural, he's sort of out there to protect Fiona in case she gets into any shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually exactly how they explained it in the book, the reason he went along. It wasn't because he was, you know, he didn't want to seem like a scaredy cat. It was because he wanted to protect Fee more than yeah, anything. Yeah, because Fee calls him like a chicken, and then he's like, he doesn't say anything, but he's like, oh, no, I'm going with you guys. Well, he does end up keeping her safe in the last scene where she falls through the floorboards and he catches her along with Clue. Yeah. So it's a good thing he was there. (laughs) Yeah, so they go um, exploring and they find a room. Well, there's some poltergeist activity in the room. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And then the room starts tilting. Right, as if it was the boat capsizing. Yeah, it starts tilting and... uh, Clue and Jack get covered by stuff, and they can't move. And um, she, she enters, I don't want to call it a trance, but she enters this, I don't know, she sees the ghosts, and then she sees how they're they're falling, and they're holding on to the boat, and they're, all the ghosts are reaching out to her. And it's, it's like a pretty chilling scene. Well, this yeah. is the moment these people died, probably, so... It is definitely kind of a macabre vision, at least as dark as you could get on the Disney Channel at the time. Yeah. They start reaching out to her, and she's just like, oh, my gosh. And I think she tries – or the boy falls, and she tries to catch him, and then she ends up getting his jacket. Right, which is the goal of the ghost to have his objects found so they can reunite him with his family, thus the title. Um, so he gets, she gets jacket, she finds the name, she shows, I think, Molly, or she shows everyone, but they don't really say anything about that. <laughs> well, I like Molly's line at the end there about how this is a good thing you did. Yeah. She ends up contacting the Historian Society or something of the... Yes, the Historical Society. Yes. And she, she gets the grave moved to the, the parents of the little boys. Great. Yeah. And I like Ned's reaction to this. He says something like, cool story, Fiona. Like, I, mean, I feel like it deserved more of a reaction than that. <laughs> a little condescending. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, maybe all of the adults are sort of reacting to, oh, well, these kids are having these crazy adventures, and they don't really know what really happened. Or Yeah. yeah I don't um, know how much she told them exactly. If she told them about what she saw, um, Child dying? <laughs> you know? Do you remember what Jack and Clue's papers were on? Oh, um, Chicago um, Pizza? Yeah. Yes. Well, Ned's, like, you know, teasing them about, like, are you guys going to write about Chicago Pizza? <laughs> yeah, you wrote nine pages about Chicago <laughs> deep dish pizza, yeah. <laughs> and, um, at the very end, um, Jack looks back to Fee and says, I think about him, too, you know. 
So there's that other last mention of Rick in this first episode. Yeah, and it's to show that even though Jack and Fiona disagree, they have that connection. They both deal with the death of their father in different ways. There's probably my favorite scene in this episode is when Jack says to Fiona about how he believes there's really no such thing as an afterlife, how when somebody Oh, yeah. That's like a, another heated scene with them, too. It's a pretty yeah. important moment. Um, yeah, he's, he just yells at her, like, he hates this. He hates the way she keeps doing this. He says people die, and that's it. Their history, and they can't come back. And he's like, I won't believe that. Yeah. So that's pretty much the first episode. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? I, I really enjoy this episode. I think the characterization of, like, Fee and Jack's re- relationship just... It bothers me a little, and I know it's the first episode, and they were working it out and everything, but it just doesn't feel the way it does in even the second episode, I feel like. Yeah, I don't think the show truly found its footing until memory or sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I feel like at that point, they oh, really yeah. had a clear grasp on who everybody was. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, it's definitely one of the... I mean, when I was rewatching it, it creeped me out, and... I didn't really get creeped out by any of the episodes um, when I was younger. Maybe a couple, but I don't remember. I don't remember how I reacted to this one. When yeah. I was younger, the only episodes that really made me scared was uh, the alien ones when they would show the aliens. Because I was, I think I still am really scared of aliens, and I would like run out of the room whenever that. <laughs> Well, yeah, as a kid, I don't really remember being creeped out by anything, but rewatching as an adult, I think the only episode that comes close to being scary is Werewolf, which is in season two. But there are yeah. definitely a couple episodes which are spooky, at the very least. Mm-hmm. They have kind of a fun, creepy feeling to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Werewolf is good. They they make it seem like I get horror movie vibes the way they filmed it. Yeah, they have the monster vision. Mm-hmm. They, they, do that, uh, they do it in Strangling as well, but... It's more effective in Werewolf. Yeah. As of scary, like scary shows, I feel like So Weird was a little bit scary, but I think other shows might have been scarier. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, when you compare it to the other stuff that was on at Disney at the time and the things that Disney would show in the future, there's really nothing else in the Disney TV show canon that comes close to a, tackling the same subjects as So Weird. So in that regard, it's probably a little creepier than what you might expect. Gravity yeah. Falls is pretty creepy. Um, I would say that in some ways it, it rivals so weird in terms of just creeping, overall creepiness. and. Which show? Um, Gravity Falls. Oh. It's a cartoon. So yeah, I, I still haven't seen that. I need to watch that show. Yeah. I mean, I'm just surprised with some of the stuff they were able to get away with on that show. <laughs> I don't know if it's Yeah, because it, it's current, right? Mm-hmm. Or I yeah. think it just ends. Yeah, in it in February, I think. So do we want to talk a little bit about the, some of the different actors on So Weird? Just who the who's playing who the which characters, I mean? Yeah, we can. Um, I'm trying to remember their names. Well, uh, Cara Delizia, or Delizia is Fiona. And rewatching the show now, it was sort of disappointing that she didn't go on to do a lot of other stuff. I know she was on a couple episodes of The West Wing, but she kind of disappeared after So Weird, which is disappointing because I think she's a very good actress. Yeah, she was very promising. Like her crying scenes, her crying scenes. 
Her crying scenes break your heart. She's a great crier. <laughs> they do. Um, I, but I remember when she left, I was thinking, like, I heard she was leaving to pursue other opportunities. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, you know, she's a really great actress. She deserves this. And then, yeah, I didn't really hear from yeah. her in anything after Kinda that. Kind of sad so was, that he left because of that, but we didn't really see much after yeah, and uh, I believe it's Patrick Levis plays Jack. Is it Levis or Lewis? I think it may be Levis. I but I'm Levis. not totally sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he was in um, Brink with Eric Von Detten, who plays. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic been, Disney Channel. Yeah, he's been in other little shows here and there, and I know he's done theater. Yeah, he pops up and stuff from time to time. But he's but, in yeah, thing. Is that he's in a band? Yeah. That's his name. Yeah, and then and then it's Mackenzie Phillips playing Molly, and I guess she was the biggest name in the cast. Though I don't know how many kids watching Disney Channel in the late '90s, early 2000s remembered her. Oh, what was the TV show she was on? The Two Kids Apartment with the creepy repair guy. What was the name of that sitcom? I uh, I know it's really popular, and they're doing a Netflix reboot, but with another cast. Are they really? Wow. I can't remember what it's called. It- Wait, wait, I'm looking this up. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if that's her presence on the show is what pulled in. Like, One day at a time. Crowd. One day at oh, a time. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I never, I haven't seen anything else that she's in, so. I actually saw her in a movie not too long ago. She had a small part in a film called Suburban Gothic. And when it's really, she's just on screen for like a minute, but when she popped up, I was like, oh, wow, look, it's Mackenzie Phillips. So she does show up in movies and TV shows from time to time. Oh, well, I know right now um, she's a, like a counselor, therapist in California. Yeah, drug recovery is a big thing with her. Yeah, so that's but what she's doing at the moment. She got a voice acting role for a uh, new Disney Channel cartoon, I think, or Disney XD. So Yeah, Disney XD. Um, I forgot what the show's called. But she's the principal in the animated show. Oh, good for her. So that's really interesting. Um, when I first heard that, I was excited because I thought, oh, my God, they don't – like, they didn't forget about So Weird, or at least the actors. And wasn't it – I think she I saw – bring up the show. I think I saw this on uh, the forum recently how um, Disney is showing some of their early 2000s, late 90s movies on Amazon – yeah, they, they have them on Amazon and other um, platforms to buy, like YouTube and iTunes, I believe. Yeah, there's definitely an interest in that um, time at Disney. There's a lot of nostalgia for the early 2000s, but so weird doesn't get talked about anywhere near as much as it should. Yeah, and maybe we can save the discussion for what it is for another day because I feel like there are a lot of different reasons why that could be (laughs) but yeah they have all the um the disney channel original movies up on the watch disney app including the jet jackson movie which i was surprised about Hmm. Um, oh just one thing murphy's laws the name of the cartoon that mckenzie phillips is going to be doing a voice on do you know when that starts i do not i'm just looking at her imdb profile right here Uh, yeah, I think that's the show where Weird Al's one of the main characters on it. Yeah. Okay. Who else well, have we not talked about? Oh, Belinda Metz plays Irene. She didn't play her in this episode. Right. Do you know who the actress was in this first one? I can't yeah. remember. I think 
I looked her up, and um, yeah, I don't know if she was in too much. I think she was in the, an episode of the X Files that I watched. <laughs> uh, should we talk about the music some? I mean, that theme song is—it just—it's iconic. Yeah, it really, it stuck with me. Like I said, in the years between seeing the show and rediscovering it, the music is something I remembered, and that theme song I especially remembered. That's, I think, something that a lot of fans, the ones that don't, you know, know about the show that much, I think most of the fans remember the theme song. Yeah. And what do you guys feel about, I know it was, I guess, a couple of years ago when the studio versions of the songs were leaked onto YouTube. I know there was some contention about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do, what do we feel about what? The, you remember when the studio... I do remember, yeah, the leaks. Um, so what happened was, a long time ago, I, I know the So Weird website used to release things to for people to download. So I don't know if they got those ones from there, or some fans contacted... Um, I don't know if it was John Cooksey or someone else. They contacted someone and they would give them files of the songs and some other cool stuff. So some people have had it, like old time fans had it, and I guess one of them put them on YouTube. Yeah, and there was some controversy about that because, and I guess it is sort of lousy that somebody would betray somebody's trust and. That's something that they were giving confidentially and put it up on the internet. But by the same accord, I'm really happy to have HD versions of these songs. I don't think all the songs got released on there, but there's a few. Yeah, most of the season one and season two songs are out there now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is bad that somebody kind of went behind somebody else's back to release those. But at the same time, I'm happy to have yeah. really clear versions of the music. And at this point, I mean, they've been up for long enough now that I just don't think Disney cares enough. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel. If Disney has no interest in releasing the music or the show, it's up to the fans to keep it out there. So until a better alternative comes along, I don't think there's anything too wrong with watching episodes on the internet or loading episodes or music on the internet. Yeah, it's funny It's funny because they had the episodes on YouTube for a long time. Mm-hmm, and, like five um, years. Yeah, and I would use that on Tiny Chat to live stream. And then it was in the middle of when I, you know, we were live streaming when I found out that they got taken down by Disney. Yeah, and those episodes had tons of views. I think the um, first part of Family Reunion had 200,000 views. Wow. So, and, and then they were all taken down, so... And that's annoying to me. If Disney has no interest in giving the show an official re-release, it's not fair that they would take down. I know. I hate that. <laughs> I understand it's their copyrights, but if you're not interested in releasing it, stuff. yeah, it's sort we'll of. We'll give you money, please. <laughs> I, I said on the forum that it's a really a shame that Disney doesn't release a contract their stuff to other studios because I know there are other companies that would be willing to release So Weird. I know Shout Factory would do a great job with So Weird. It's right up their alley. They release a lot of old, nostalgic TV shows and things like that. And it's just a bummer that Disney has no interest in outsourcing their programs to other studios. They don't want anyone else to make money off of it, but... But they're not interested in making money either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so frustrating. It really is. And it's... Another thing that's frustrating is that Nickelodeon has released a lot of their old shows to, um, you know, to buy, 
And yeah. I think I, I remember when Are You Afraid of the Dark got released to buy, it was, everybody was talking about it. I saw it on Facebook a lot. It was a trending topic. And I'm thinking, man, if So Weird got released, everybody yeah, people, would remember. People would rediscover it. Yeah. And fans that never watched it back then can watch it now. And it's still, it would still be really good TV. Yeah, I would love to have the show in higher quality video, you know, other than the kind of, you know, I don't know if you guys have a better copy of Family Reunion, but the one I saw, it actually, the audio dips at the beginning during the opening theme, like it's a VHS error, because it was clearly heard uh, off a of TV when it aired, you know, 12 years ago or however long it's been. The forum got linked to, like, much better quality of all the seasons. Okay, I'll have to look for those most up. Of the, most of the episodes, uh, there's like maybe one or two we still don't have good quality of. Yeah, Boo yeah. is pretty bad. Uh-huh. Boo is bad. Blue's <laughs> bad, I think. Yeah, and Fountain isn't the best. So. All the holiday episodes have bad quality. <laughs> we'll have to look <laughs> on the forum for those. Yeah, it's on the forums. Um, or you can just message me and I'll give you links. Because people cool. come to the live stream and then they're like, oh, I want to download this, and I just, I'm like, I have good quality. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, what website are you streaming the episodes through now? So I host a live stream um, Wednesday nights, and that's on original.livestream.com slash Disney. And I'll have links to things um, on description boxes. We have a lot of pages. We have our main forum. That's so-weird.proboards.com. And that has all the content. I'm always surprised at what things pop up on there because people would come and they're like, oh, I have a, a script. Here you go. <laughs> or I, I have lo- these rare pictures. I, I love the old episode promos. You can find a couple of those on YouTube. Yeah, I have a, a thread on there where it has a lot of, of the YouTube. They're really bad quality, but they're like the commercials yeah. they're there. Does anybody and, remember the In the Darkness music video where Mackenzie is in like a spooky old house holding yeah, a candle, yeah. clean candelabra? I think yeah. it's on there too, but it's it, really bad quality. Yeah. It is, but it's like cool that they did that. I wish yeah. there was more of that stuff in uh, HD. That'd be nice. I know. It would be cool, like a DVD extra stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, if you want to, if anybody listening to this wants to give my Twitter a look, it's on. Uh, I'm at Last Monster Kid. There you can find links to my blogs and my podcast and my book that I wrote and all sorts of things. I do lots of different stuff. Wow, a book. That's cool. Yeah, yes, on the Kindle Amazon Marketplace, Last of the Monster Kids, it's called. Twelve original horror stories. Oh, that is awesome. That's what my uh, Twitter. Avatar comes from the little... That's the cover of my book. Oh, did you draw that? Oh, I wish. No, no, no. I got somebody... <laughs> I commissioned somebody to do that. Oh, okay. So So Weird has a Twitter, uh, the unofficial So Weird Twitter page. It's at So Weird on Disney. If anybody wants to follow that, we have about 100 followers, which is pretty cool. The forum also has like 100 members. Yeah, didn't uh, Mackenzie Phillips shout at the Twitter once? Didn't she give a shout She's out to the... A, I tag her in some things, and she always retweets. Cool. Um, she, I think she follows it. She follows it too. And I know John Cooksey has occasionally acknowledged the forum and the Twitter yeah. page and such. John Cooksey is awesome because you can just tweet him, and he'll always reply to you when it's about so weird. 
Yeah. I mean, he responded to me within like five seconds and then he emailed me within an hour with a huge FAQ and all this stuff. He's fantastic. Yeah, I downloaded the uh, FAQ off of the form. I've actually got that on my computer somewhere. Yeah, it's jam-packed, 27 pages long or something like that. So it's awesome. What I love is I think that the cast and crew also really love the show because they still mention it now. I see on Facebook, uh, it was Belinda posted like an old picture of the cast and um, they're friends with each other and they like comment each other. I, th- I feel like they really like the show. It was probably a, a really good cast. I feel them. like if Disney was going to release this on DVD, everybody would be willing to come back and be interviewed for it and do little featurettes and, or commentaries or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I know that Patrick Levis has liked some of our tweets. Except for, for Cara DeLazia. She's just disappeared altogether. But Yeah, I think she turned into just like a family mom. Yeah. Which is good for her, you know? That's mm-hmm. great. I suppose so. We do have a few active Tumblr pages, too. We're so weird. Um, so mine is c-phillips.tumblr.com. And I've been making, you know, so weird gift sets since, I guess, it's been a couple of years now. So feel free to check it out. That's yeah, I think I've thing. seen that Tumblr page of all the gifts, so that's, that's you that makes those. I just... Wanted to make a little tribute, and now I've been doing it for two years, so. <laughs> cool. I love you for that, because we've never had, like, many So Weird gifts. Yeah, there aren't too many more out there. I know that Kat has made some in the past. I'd like mm-hmm. to see her make more. Um, and her uh, Tumblr is that-so-weird, I think. Yeah, yes. .tumblr.com. There's the... I want to say the main so weird page. That's fuck yeah so weird dot tumblr dot com. I think we have eight hundred followers on there. So are we ready to sign off or? Yeah. So if anyone has any comments or questions for us, send them to so weird on Disney on Twitter. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, and hope you'll come back to our episode two. All right. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>